Football fans, welcome back to the Football v. Football Podcast. Today we got the Week 10 NFL Recap. What a day of games. Tremendous excitement. Underdogs pulling off upsets. Let's dive right in. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Seattle Seahawks 21-16. to in NFL's first ever game in Germany, in Munich, the fun is over. The Seahawks finally lose a game, ending their four-game win streak. And I think what we all forgot is, I guess through all the Buccaneers' struggle, is how good the Buccaneers' defense is, especially when the offense is there to give them some help. The Bucks completely stopped the Seahawks run game here. Walker had 10 rushes for 17 yards. Geno had an okay game, but had an absolutely terrible fumble on second and goal that shifted the momentum in a, in a deadly way for this game. I mean, that kind of wrote this this game off for the Seahawks when they, when they fumbled there and they had the chance to to put a score up in the first half. Uh, the Hawks' defense had been surging, you know, in these past four games, but did not look great today. They did hold the Bucks to 21 points, kind of tightened up in the second quarter, or second half. Um, but they gave up 100 yards, 100 plus yards to Rashad White. Really bad. I mean, I'm a big fan of rookie running backs, but... Even I can tell he's kind of like a plodding running back. Um, and the Seahawks have a tendency to do this kind of stuff. They always start bad and then they they get, you know, they tighten up later. But sometimes it's not enough. Uh, I will say, though, uh, thought it Woolen got another interception today for the Seahawks on that uh, confusing uh, Fournette to Tom Brady pass. Um and thought it now has five interceptions, which uh, leads the entire league. So this guy remains in not only contention for defensive player of the year, or defensive rookie of the year, but defensive player of the year, uh, along with Ahmed Gardner. It's amazing how these rookie uh, defensive backs have taken the league by storm this year. Thought it and Ahmed. So as a Hawks fan, I want to chalk this up to an absurd 15-hour flight from Seattle to uh, to Munich, and many of the thriving rookies just kind of going through some growing pains and an unfamiliar circumstance. They did target Woolen uh, for um, on a few passes here, and he did get beat some. Uh, same thing with Ken Walker, he young guy couldn't find the holes in in the defense. Kobe Bryant, I mean, a lot of the young guys, even Gino, you know, hasn't started in a while. So I want to chalk it up to that. Um, I also have to say, divorce Tom Brady is a thing now. He's free as a bird. He's won two huge back-to-back games. Uh, the Bucks just seem to be playing more motivated here. Uh, they're more inspired. I know Devin White said he had lost a relative right before this game. And they had... They showed an efficiency in this game that I hadn't seen all year. 
Um, getting everybody involved, Mike Evans, Godwin, Julio Jones, Scotty Miller, uh, Kate Otten, Cameron Brady. I mean, Brady was just hyper, hyper focused. And, you know, I don't know if that's because the Seahawks play this zone defense that's very predictable and some uh, smart quarterbacks like Brady are, are, are able to cut them up or whether there was there is this inspiration. Maybe it's a little bit of both. Some other notes had on this game. It seemed like uh, the players were slipping all over the field. I don't know if that's a cleats thing. They're, they aren't used to these these fields in um, in Europe. Um, and another thing, throughout the game, I was kind of disappointed. In, some of these international games don't have the same chance that they do uh, when um, they're usually playing their soccer games there. Uh, and I was disappointed all the way until I saw at the very end of the game they started singing uh, Country Roads and Sweet Caroline. And that's really the best thing about these games in Europe is that those those soccer fans just make it amazing to watch. They're so energetic. They're there for the entire game. And um, they make it a lot of fun. You know, as a Seahawks fan, I am disappointed that they lost this game. But it shows that they are up there with the Buccaneers. I think the Seahawks are a contender in the NFC. So we'll see what that go, where that goes as the season progresses. Moving on to the next game, the Detroit Lions beat the Chicago Bears 31-30. Pigs are flying because Detroit has won two straight games against divisional opponents, nonetheless. Amon Ross St. Brown remains one of the most underrated receivers in football. 10 catches, 119 yards. Jamal Williams put in another touchdown. He has eight, I think, on the year. One of the league leaders, along with uh, Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. And very impressive win by the Lions here. Put up 31 points. On the Bears' side, I think Cole Komet is really emerging as a premier tight end for this team. And Justin Fields, of course. A ridiculous 147 rushing yards. Now completely outshining his running backs uh, by a significant margin. I think Khalil uh, Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery maybe got 30 and 50 yards respectively today, maybe 40 and 60 or something. You know, pales in comparison to to what, what, what Fields is doing. Um, so the, the Bears... They know who they are, and they put up 30 points today, but not being able to stop the Lions, who are potent on offense when they put everything together. Um, this was just a really close, really good divisional game. And, you know, I'll get on say it. As a Hawks fan, um, I like seeing these NFC teams kind of uh, cannibalize each other. So uh, good game, but Lions pull this one out. Moving on to the Tennessee Titans beating the Denver Broncos 17-10. <sighs> I got to say, something is going on with Russ that we are not aware of. Either injury or a personal issue, uh, the difference in play is just too vast to be explained in any other way. And I think that that story is going to to come out eventually, but we don't know it yet because this isn't the same Russ. It really isn't. Um, Conversely, uh, the Titans must be thanking their lucky stars they kept Tannehill when they drafted Malik Willis. Because 
they lose this game without Tannehill. Absolutely. There was an incredible connection between Tannehill and Nick Westbrook Aquina. The best Westbrook in sports, by the way. Who connected for 119 yards and two touchdowns. And that's all they needed. Malik Willis's only contribution to this game was a lost fumble on a bad handoff. <coughs> this guy has a long way to go. Uh, and I think Tannehill is and should be the starter there for um, a long time to come, to be honest with you. I got to give credit, though, to both defenses here. Um, Broncos held Derrick Henry to 2.8 yards per carry, which is a very, very tough thing to do. And, of course, the Titans held the Broncos here to 10 points after what they did to the Chiefs last week. So Titans got a great defense, I got to say. They, they might be one of the, the best in the league, especially this, this two-game stretch, uh, with what they've done in this two-game stretch. Very impressed with them. So we'll go ahead and move on to the Kansas City Chiefs, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-17. to Patrick Mahomes, four touchdowns to four different receivers. And he had a few key runs in this game as well. He's my MVP right now. He's got to be. I mean, they finally integrated Isaiah Pacheco and Kendarius Tony today. Their offensive line didn't allow a single sack. And this team is extremely dangerous. Best offense in the league. And I got to say, I mean, th this team has to be a Super Bowl favorite. And, and, and the best team in the AFC for sure to come out of the, the AFC. Absolutely. Um, on defense, the Chiefs held... Etienne to 45 rush yards. Uh, gave up a lot of pass yards, though. Uh, Christian Kirk had 105 yards and a couple touchdowns. Um, Christian Kirk starting to earn some of that mega contract money. Um, and another kind of important or interesting point here is that uh, this was the, the Tony Romo Jim Nance game, which I thought was kind of strange given how many other high-profile games there were. Um, maybe Romo just likes calling uh, Patrick Mahomes games, but I thought that was kind of interesting. But at the end of the, at the end of the day, this was a very expected result: Chiefs beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll move on to the Miami Dolphins beating the Cleveland Browns, thirty-nine to seventeen. Jeff Wilson, what a tremendous, tremendous trade deadline pickup by this team. 143 total yards and a touchdown as we bring in Naya Fahad, business ready. How you doing, boss? We are just starting to talk about the Miami Dolphins beating the Cleveland Browns 39-17. to And I was speaking to the importance of Jeff Wilson on this team. What do you got to say about this game? Did you see it? I, I, I saw the highlights. Uh... But uh, when exactly as I predicted, man, Tua was going to throw for close to 300 yards and three TDs. And, I mean, they ran the ball well, man. Looked like the Niners rushing attack, don't you think? I think that's uh, what McDaniels, or what's his name, uh, McDonald's was trying to do with bringing in Wilson and that whole running, uh, zone running scheme. I think it worked out well. They look great. Absolutely. 143 yards and a touchdown for Jeff Wilson. Like you said, Kentua continues to be solid and just minimizes mistakes, really, and uses his great offensive weapons, and that's all, all really he has to do. Um, 
And I thought on the Brown side, Donovan Peoples-Jones is starting to emerge as a great receiver for this for this team. I think he had been good for a while, but now he's improving into a great, great weapon for them. Um, but otherwise, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the coach here has turned them into uh, the 49ers of um, – of the uh, uh, of Florida, essentially, and and um, they're continuing to thrive. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, the uh, AFC uh, uh, East here and what's happening a little bit later on. But we'll move on to the New York Giants beating the Houston Texans, twenty four to sixteen. Saquon Barkley. This was a complete Saquon Barkley game. One hundred sixty total yards. Uh, he's managed to stay healthy so far this year, and. Uh, more power to him. What did you see in this game? Exactly what you just said, Omar. Saquon, man. That guy, the Giants are going to go as far as he goes. If he can stay healthy, I mean, we see what they could uh, become. Uh, dude, the guy is great. I, I didn't think he could take 30 carries like that. You know, uh, historically, you give him 15, he's done for the year. But he's, 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 he's looking like he's durable. And... Uh, Again, I'm not buying too much into this one. It's Texans. We all predict that they're going to win. It's a little closer than it should have been, too. Uh, I think it was an eight-point game, right? 24-16. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pierce had a costly fumble for the Texans. Otherwise, he ran well. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not buying too much stock into the Giants, but Saquon is definitely the real deal. Well, yeah. I mean, I think they're tied to Saquon. I mean, I don't know if over these years as he's – he continues to get injured and he continues to get surgeries. I guess they're putting things in his body that will not break. I mean, I don't know if his like body is like completely metal at this point and he is just becoming stronger and stronger with every injury and every surgery he gets. That must be it. That's the only explanation until he gets injured again. Uh, Darius Slayton. Uh, he's the only receiver on the Giants that's managed to stay out of Brian Daywall's doghouse. And yep. he's been really thriving. He had uh, 95 yards and a touchdown today. Dexter Lawrence on the Giants, I thought, had an interesting stat line. He had five tackles. All of them were QB hits. One of them was a sack, and he had a pass defense. I thought he had a good game. Uh, and like you mentioned, man, tech, Texans just remain a lowly team that can't win. Um, they have some promising rookies, like you mentioned, Damian Pierce, and uh, even Nico Collins, as, as he's starting to get healthy now, has been playing well. And let's hope that that drafting – acumen translates to something next year because that's really all they have they're going to get a bunch of picks they're going to get a top three pick for sure and probably have many many more picks to go with that as well so we'll move on to the pittsburgh steelers beating the new orleans saints 20 to 10 steelers won this game on the ground 217 rush yards harris had 99 pickett had 51 and a touchdown warren had 37 and Pickens, the receiver, had 23 yards and a touchdown. What did you see here? Saw Dennis Allen losing another game for the Saints by not putting the ball in Taysom Hill's hands. I, I, mm. We talked about him pick him, man. You can't give this guy three carries and expect to win a game. Every game they won this year, it's been a game that Taysom Hill has gone off. Happened against your Seahawks. I'm sure you know that. I don't get it. I don't understand. Uh, Andy Dalton is not it. Uh, it's clear that when the Saints run the ball well, they that gives them the chance to win a game. That they weren't doing that. Yeah, they, they they just completely abandoned the run. Kamara had eight carries. 
Dalton had three carries as well. Dalton. Dalton yeah. ran the ball as many times as Taysom Hill. Yeah. I don't know. Man. I don't know. It's horrible. Your boy Jalen Warren caught a couple passes. Looked good. Yeah. Uh, I think he had like, yeah, 70 total yards or something like that. I mean, uh, what can you say? The Saints uh, head coach sucks, and that's why they lost this game. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, you're right. I mean, Warren, they're finally getting him involved a little bit. I think Najee Harris is start, starting to feel the heat. And I think that's kind of why they're reporting we're going to get Jalen Warren more involved. They keep saying it over and over uh, to try to kind of like, because Harris was their first round pick and Warren is undrafted. So he's like, you know, they need something to motivate him. So it seems like it's working. You're right. The Saints offense looked absolutely pathetic. Dalton had two picks. Kamara, 26 rush yards. No receiver had more than 44 yards. That includes Olave and um, Juwan Johnson and Jarvis Landry. All three of them didn't have more than 44 yards. Really, really poor game. Um, Rashid Shaheed had 96 uh, uh, kick return yards. And I think the Saints got to get that guy involved more on this offense, honestly. I think getting Taysom Hill involved more and Rashid Shaheed involved more. I think those are some of the keys of their success. Uh, maybe we have a direct line to Dennis Dennis Allen to let him know that that's what he's got to do. I don't think it'll uh, last. I don't think Dennis Allen's going to last somewhere. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Can they, can, can, can they bring back Sean Payton? Don't they still have his rights? They do, but I don't think he's going to want to come back to that mess. Probably not. Probably not. All right, we'll move on to one of the games of the day. Minnesota Vikings beat the Buffalo Bills 33-30. to Justin Jefferson... <clears throat> dominated this game, had 193 yards. He had a one-headed catch on 4th and 18. That's a testament that good things happen when you give maximum effort, and he absolutely gave maximum effort on that catch. And he had another catch later in the drive and got rocked and kind of like got flipped. What a, what an a, amazing, amazing game. What do you think? Man, incredible game. Um... Justin Jefferson's the best wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, you know, you, we used to say it's Cooper Cup, Jeff. No, it's definitely Justin Jefferson. I think he's on an island there. Um, I think the Bills lost this game, man. I think the Bills lost this game more than the Vikings won this game. You know, that crucial fumble down there, uh, by their own end zone, it was just, especially that. And then in overtime, Josh Allen makes that throw. It's a horrible throw. I don't know what he's seeing there. Um. Yeah, I think the Bills lost this game. I don't think the Vikings really won this game. Yeah. Uh, Cousins wasn't 1 p.m. Cousins, you know. He had a couple of interceptions, threw the ball 50 times. But uh, the Bills bailed him out. Yeah. And the Bills lost this game. That's my takeaway. Yeah. No, honestly, man, you're right. Kirk Cousins did make some mistakes, but I have to say that some of those passes to, to Jefferson, there was one pass, I remember, in the fourth quarter at the five-yard line where he threaded it in there between – Two defenders. I thought it was was a great pass, but um, I have to give credit to both of these quarterbacks. Honestly, Josh. I thought Josh Allen. He escaped pressure a lot. Also, like in the fourth quarter in overtime, he was breaking tackle tackles. He was running over defenders, and you know, like ha- having a mobile quarterback in this league is is so important for that extra edge. But like you mentioned. In that key, key moment, he reverted back to something he's had his entire career and also in college, which is he has brain lapses where he throws these interceptions where nobody sees what he's seeing. And, um, I mean, that's essentially what happened here. Um, 
I think that was his fourth. They said that was his fourth end zone pick of the season. Um, and there was a stat about the Vikings. Their win percentage went from 80% to 1% to 70% in 30 seconds. That kind of tells you like how this game went. And you know the margin of victory in this league is so small among some of these great teams. And you know, make no mistake, I have to admit, Vikings didn't really have a test until this game, and they've proven that they are a great team. Um, the Bills, allegedly the best team in the league, are now six and three, and their very division, their division title, is in serious, serious peril at this point. I mean, with the Dolphins and the Jets, and even you know the Patriots, they're all in the mix. They by no means have this locked up. Um, yeah, they dropped one of the Dolphins and one of the Jets as well. I mean, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, they get to play them both again, so I, th- I think they control their own destiny in that regard. Absolutely, yeah. And I want to play this uh, uh, voice note from uh, Rodi because he's not on the call right now. Uh, let me see where it's at. I'm sure he's gonna gloat to no end. He's absolutely, and he let me let me just find this real quick here. Man, there's so many so many damn messages, bro. <laughs> uh, let me see, where is it at? Where is it at? Here it is. Fifteen and one. I called it. I called it, and I'm gonna keep calling it. And y'all keep doubting me. We're going fifteen and one. I've been saying it, man. Alright. <laughs> so there he is. He deserves a gloat and he absolutely did. What a great win for the Vikings and the Bills. Um they got some catch it up to do. So we'll see what what they're made of the rest of the season. Anyway, moving on to the late window. Indianapolis Colts beat the Las Vegas Raiders 25 to 20. This was a surprisingly great close game. Uh my my initial observation is that uh you know, the coach Jeff Saturday when I saw him on the sideline there, it kind of reminded me of those NFL All-Star games where you have like a celebrity coach or TV personality out there. And um, like it was like an exhibition game. That's what it kind of like felt like in the beginning of the game. But you know what? They pulled this game out. What happened? Man, dude, there have been a few great duos in, in the history of the NFL, you know. In the history of sports, actually. You know, you got Jordan Pippen. You got Brady Belichick. But I dare you to name me a better duo than Derek Carr and Blown Leeds. <laughs> doesn't exist. This guy's a bum, a certified bum. Got the Raiders back. They got the lead. It's like, wow, he might pull this one off. Of course, of course, they're not gonna pull it off. It's Derek Carr back at quarterback. Oh, he sucks. He sucks. Honestly, I-, I chose the Raiders to win this game, but it's because I thought Ellinger was starting. I didn't know Matt Ryan was starting. If I thought any QB. Any mid-range QB was starting, I would have, I would have picked the Colts. But uh, yeah, man, Derek Carr sucks. It's time to bend. He didn't even he didn't even play that horrible this game. It wasn't all his fault, but he sucks. You know, I'm sure if I played for the Raiders, I wouldn't want to win a game with him back to quarterback. <laughs> so yeah, just bench Carr. Maybe you'll have a chance to win a game. Yeah, but uh, that's that's what I saw. Yeah, you know, Jeff went back to uh, to Matt Ryan after. Um after they had gone with uh, Ellinger. I think that was a safe pick. Um, I have to say, though, to the credit of Devontae Adams, sometimes it's crazy how open he gets in these games. Like, if you see some of these 
the ways that he gets open, it's like amazing, and there's like nobody on the defense around him. And best best route runner in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you said you know Jefferson Jefferson is the best, I think him and Devontae. I mean, they're in very different situations quarterback wise. But I think if Devo- you put Devontae in, in with Kirk Cousins, I think he, he does very similar things. But he, you know, he's one of the top big receivers. And what sets him apart is, like you said, what he does after the catch as well. And the effort he gives to juke and break tackles. Like, I'm very surprised. A lot of these guys, when they get the ball, they're just like, they catch it, you know, because they're able to get that high, you know, catch radius and all this kind of stuff. But he really gives effort. He gives the effort of like a guy that is like trying to make a team, which I really respect. Um, Matt Ryan had an amazing long run. All you guys wrote this guy off. He was given a second chance at life, and he really, really seized it today, I thought. Um, The Raiders. Did he or did did, did Jonathan Taylor give him life? Well, Jonathan Taylor had one big touchdown run. Uh, Other than that, he didn't do very much. But their touchdown run sealed it for them. But you you should have seen. Go back and watch some of Matt Ryan's plays in this game. They were very, very impressive. Um, I will say, though, he was playing against a Raiders defense that that, that looked really, really pathetic at times, like, effort-wise. Like, they were letting, like, Pittman run open. All these guys run open. Um, they forced a fumble. They have Derek Carr on the other side of the ball, man. I know, but when you're just talking about that, you know, you know, with the Colts on offense and the, and the Raiders on defense, Derek Carr not involved. <clears throat> They forced a fumble on Pittman, and nobody on the defense went back to get it. So Pittman went back and got it himself, which is very pathetic. This was a chance for them to win the game. Uh, And then, you know, right after, like three consecutive plays, it was a Matt Ryan run. He ran for like 40 yards. He never does that. He's so slow. And then that Pittman fumble. And then Paris Campbell, they threw it to Paris Campbell, and he broke like four tackles and ran in for a touchdown in a very, very key time during the game. And um, I thought that was pathetic. And, you know, on the other side, this game was – was um, the Raiders could have won this game at the end. But uh, Gilmore had an amazing tip pass in the end zone. Oh, great coverage. And uh, that great was incredible. Coverage. And that sealed the game. You know, the, the Raiders could have easily won it that way. But it's just a matter of the Colts wanting it more. Um, and the Raiders, man. Raiders are really struggling. I mean, my, my hotter take later is going to be about them. So we'll we'll check in on that later. But um, we'll move on. Somebody losing their job, maybe? Yeah, possibly. Maybe everyone losing their job. Moving on to the game of the day. The Green Bay Packers beating the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sorry. 31-28. to 28. <clears throat> I'll just start by saying this, and then I'll give you the floor. Um, so I predicted the Packers to get shut out here. I predicted Rodgers to be replaced by Jordan Love uh, in previous podcasts. I thought Rodgers didn't care. I thought Dallas was primed to be execute really well in this game, and you know, in a season where Rodgers is struggling, really struggling, you have uh, Mike McCarthy on the other side that knows Rodgers' flaws like intimately, and I thought he was going to be able to game plan against him. With a Dallas has an amazing defense, and it was all setting up that way, and then the Packers were missing field goals. Rodgers got injured. I don't know if you guys saw you, you saw that, and, and Jordan Love was set to come in and replace him. Uh, but then Dak threw that interception in the end zone. Rodgers came back into the game and toughed it out, threw that touchdown to Watson, and you know Watson was doing literal backflips in the end zone, and I thought that set the tone for the rest of the game. The floor is yours. Yeah, man. I think I'm. I'm I think I'm going to be feeling this one for. 
a little longer than tonight. I think I think this is going to stay with me all week because um, I definitely think this was a game the Cowboys could have won. I knew it wasn't going to be a cakewalk. Uh, I don't know what you guys were thinking. It's never a cakewalk when we're playing Aaron Rodgers. I don't know, man. It was, uh, it was an up-and-down game. It was a very weird game. There, there were moments where I thought Dak looked great, and there were moments where I thought he looked like a certified bum. Uh, there are moments where I thought he, he looked like the reincarnated version of Peyton Manning, and then moments where he looked like Derek Carr. You know, uh, me and me know why we're talking in chat about that red zone interception. Uh, I think he brought up a good point in uh, CD running the wrong route. I just still, I, I think the margin for error there is, you know, it's, it's, I, I just think you don't make that throw, man. You don't make that throw. You pull it back. Even on the play right before, on second and goal, he, he ran out of bounds for like a three-yard loss when he could have just tossed the ball out. So there are some questionable plays there. But, again, I think he still gave us a chance to win the game. I, I don't put this on him. Even though those two turnovers were costly. I mean, they led to 14 points uh, for the Packers. And then the Packers' turnovers resulted in zero points for the Cowboys. So they were costly. But defense couldn't stop a nosebleed, man. Uh, Aaron Jones and Dylan just ran right through us. We knew that was going to be the game plan, you know. Uh, We know that this Cowboys defense can generate pressure, and the Packers knew that, and they tried to keep the ball out of Rodgers' hands early, and they decided to run the ball until it opened up the passing game. Uh, Ultimately, Anthony Brown couldn't play. He couldn't defend Christian Watson. It looked like Randy Moss reincarnated. It's a weird game, man. It was a weird game, and uh, you could see the tide turning there towards the end. I, I felt I knew we were going to lose that game. As soon as the Packers got within one score in the fourth, uh, I started smelling trouble. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks. Um, yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I hope this is not the start of a run for the Packers, though. Usually that's yeah. how things go with them. Yeah. You, you know, you made some really good points. I had a lot of the same points. I thought Packers heavily used the ground game early which makes them – it makes so much sense for this team. And I, I'm curious why they hadn't done that earlier because they have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon who are both great running backs. And, you know, those running backs are too – I'm sorry to cut you off, but other teams are better at stopping the run than the Cowboys. The Cowboys are horrible. Mm. Are horrible at stopping the run, man. And that's why. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the fourth quarter, there were some really big runs by Jones and Dillon. They were breaking tackles. And so what you're saying is correct, but – you know, w- when you're able to do that to set up the pass, that's exactly what happened today. I mean, even um, Christian Watson had only four catches, uh, three of them for touchdowns. So there was like there was like a lot of efficiency that went on. You know, it just it, it kind of worked out that way. Like you mentioned, you know, Dak, um, he was throwing a lot of like anticipation throws on those um, like interceptions, and it was kind of funny because the first one they thought Schultz ran the wrong route and Ceedee Lamb was kind of badgering him for that. And then, like, a few plays later, like, C.D. Lamb did the same thing, and then that caused another interception. Um, both of them by a guy named Rudy Ford, who I think was making his first start today for the Packers. Um, overall, though, not C- his last. Was that? It's not his last. Not his last, for sure. Uh, I thought C.D. Lamb ended up having a great game. 11 catches, 150 yards, two touchdowns. Tony Pollard, again, has an amazing game, 128 total yards and a touchdown. He's great, extremely Malik valuable, Davis. one of the best players on your team, if not the best, in my opinion. Malik Davis. Malik Davis had like 30-some yards, but he had some good runs. I think one yeah. of them was called back on a, on a hold. 
Um, Rodgers, man, this guy, he has no respect for authority at all. That's another takeaway in this game. He was yelling can, at uh Can we call out coach. the refs, though? For that, for that one play, huh? You that, guys that, are... that one major play. That was, that was a clear P.I. I mean, mm. C.D. was getting tackled before the ball even got there. Uh, I think O.Y. sent a picture in the group. You saw that, man. It was clear as day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a game changer. Yeah. I mean, what's happening there? Why uh, Why does that seem to happen with the uh, the Packers versus the, uh, the, the Cowboys? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's something the NFL should look into. It is weird, though, because, you know, the way you talk, it's kind of like you have um, – PTSD with this matchup and that this happens before and you expected it to happen and there's some kind of yeah. thing with this matchup that this sort of thing happens and especially when you have that tie of Mike McCarthy with, with, with this team again him going for it on fourth down when he's in field goal range I'm sorry that's a terrible call that's a really 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 bad call and he slammed his headset after that and I thought that that was like a, a, a like a meltdown like really you don't trust your your defense, who's one of the best in the league, to, to, to make a stop there or at least hold them to three points. I thought, that, kicker, I thought that was bad. Your kicker, who's only missed two 59-yard field goals this year and had one extra point blocked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but big ramifications in the NFC. I mean, there, there seems to be like a lot of teams in the in the NFC now. It's uh, it's, it's kind of getting a little closer. So we'll, we'll, yep. we'll see how it works out. But moving on to the, uh, the last game here, Arizona Cardinals beating the Los Angeles Rams. 27 to 17 in the matchup we've all been waiting for Colt McCoy versus John Walford. Did you see any of this terrible game? I did, unfortunately. Uh, it's a horrible game. Uh, just one thing, I mean, we spoke uh, on the Pick'em. We brought up a point about uh, Stafford being racist. I think uh, that was solidified after watching Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson have a pretty good game. <laughs> I mean, uh, Jefferson scored a touchdown. Robinson had like 50 yards receiving. Cooper Cup only had three, uh, one catch for like minus neg- negative yards. Best average, definitely racist. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it's the same old Rams. They can't run the ball. Can't really throw the ball. Although, I mean, I, I, I didn't know Stafford wasn't playing outside of other receivers catching the ball. Uh, looked, it looked like the same old Rams. Uh, Cardinals looked all right, but they were playing the Rams. Uh Oh, yeah. yeah, you know the most commonly heard phrase in the Rams' offense this year is um, "intended for Skaronic." I don't even know how to say his name. Skaronic, 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 Skaronic. Yeah. But every single time I watch this game, they try to throw it to that guy, and it doesn't, and they just don't connect. You know, today he had two catches on seven targets. Happened again. Seven uh, targets. Yeah, uh, I thought. Rondell Moore is starting to emerge, uh, like emerge as like a tremendous pr- possession receiver, and he also had an incredible one-handed catch on fourth down too. Um, these receivers are dangerous, man. Between him and and um, Hopkins, and also um, AJ Green had a great, great catch today as well. I think for a touchdown. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, they have dangerous, dangerous receivers. I have to say, uh, I'm glad the Seahawks didn't catch them when all this was coming together like today. Um, I gotta give a, sh- a shout out to Buddha Baker. He had a pick and an incredible run back as well. I think he's one of the best safeties in the league, if not the best. Um, and the Rams dropped to three and six. And it's so incredibly satisfying to see these fraud Rams that bought a Super Bowl last year with, with the help and blessing of their tenants, the NFL. Uh, now they have no draft picks. They have no hope. 
and I love it. Honestly, I think it's worth it. Let it be worth it. It's in the past. They got what they what they needed, and I, I I'm gonna love seeing them get back into being a terrible team. I'm gonna really really enjoy it. And then what's gonna happen to Aaron Donald? He's probably gonna retire. And then Jalen Ramsey is gonna is gonna argue his way out of town. Uh, it's gonna be so beautiful. Where's Cooper Cup gonna go? I don't care. I think Ramsey has a spot on first take after all this. There you go. There you as go. As much as he talks, I mean. Yeah. Where was he today? Uh, on the losing side, and I think he yeah. has like a show where he um. He has to talk like after every game. I remember I saw it after one of their losses. I'm going to look it up today and uh, I'm going to watch it. Uh, I'm going to really enjoy it. So, you know, you know what's worse than the Cowboys losing? What's that? Hearing Jalen Ramsey talk. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, he, ta- he never takes any accountability, this guy. Um, but anyway, those were the games for, for week 10. We're going to move to the, uh, the hot takes segment here. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with mine. I alluded to it earlier. <clears throat> Josh McDaniels, how does he not get fired after this? A 2-6 and six start with those incredible, incredible weapons on, on offense. Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, um, a lot of these other guys as well. Um, and how does this guy keep his job? And he, they, They've lost against such bad teams. And like you said, they blow all these leads. And the defense, it's like an effort it's an effort thing that they're not giving effort on defense. How does this guy keep his job? I think this guy absolutely gets fired before uh, before Monday, before tomorrow. I think he gets fired tonight, or at least he deserves to be. So do you have any uh, takeaways from uh, from this no, week? I mean, I'll just piggyback on that. I think McDaniels should be fired, but uh, I think he should be fired for starting Derek Carr. Um, yeah, I, I don't understand why he keeps going with him. But, I mean, maybe he just took that job because he thought Carr had anything in him. And maybe that's another reason for him to get fired. Because if you watch Derek Carr for the first eight years of his career, I don't know what you saw. Uh, there's nothing to salvage there. I think Dennis Allen should get fired, to be honest. I think the Saints have dropped a few games that they could have won if they just played Taysom Hill. So, uh, maybe the, those are two coaches that should be let go. Uh, I think it will be tougher to let go McDaniel. During his first year, but uh, yeah, I don't like him, man. I I don't like what he did with the Colts. Never liked him. Uh, never liked him with the Broncos or when he was a coordinator with uh, the Pats. There's something off about McDaniel's. So yeah. I wouldn't be sad to see him get fired, to be honest. I agree, but, and that it kind of works with a, a lot of these like Patriots um, assistant coaches. Like they have the demeanor of Belichick without like the talent and the acumen, and like none of them ever. Make them, you know, uh, make themselves of anything. We have Rodi joining the call here at the very, oh very end. Um, oh, God. I can't believe you, you actually, you caught us here. We were at the very, very end of this podcast, and you jumped on, and I'm going to give you the floor here to say what you would like to say uh, about a recap of, uh, of Week 10. I don't think anything really that interesting happened this week. <laughs> oh, Really? Yeah, did you guys watch it? I mean, I didn't watch, uh, honestly, I didn't really notice. I didn't really watch much football. You know, I'm not really a big football fan. You know? Oh, yeah? So, yeah, I didn't really notice. It's like, yo, the Vikings, baby, let's go! <laughs> I know y'all watched that! Oh, man, what a I game. I know y'all saw that! Oof. Talk about it. That, that, that was the game of the year for me. What did you think? 
worried. Even when we didn't get that fourth down, I was like, somehow, some way, we're going to go 15-1 and one and win the Super Bowl. I don't know how. <laughs> and guess what, baby? God. Never doubt God. He came through. Ooh. God, are you, are you, yeah, I mean, yeah, God came through the Vikings today. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, God did not like the Cowboys. Yeah. I wow. have to say, the Cowboys are garbage. <laughs> yeah. so you, guys, you guys are a terrible team. But you no know, offense. if the um, if the Cowboys had won that game, then there would have been a six game lead for the Vikings in the NFC uh, North, um, because the uh, the Lions have three wins, Bears have three wins, and the Packers had three wins until they just won this game, and the Vikings are eight and one. So if I were you, I, I would have been rooting for the Cowboys. I'm a little winded from that excitement. I have to be honest. <laughs> you're still, you're still, you still have like a four game lead or a five game lead. So I think they have it, they have it uh, safely in the bag. But guys, yeah, don't worry. Okay, I think you should all stop watching football. Okay, the Vikings are going to go 15 and one and win the Super Bowl. I've been saying it since day one. I'm not going to change my opinion. And I'm just telling you that this is what's gonna happen. Yeah. I think you guys are going to lose to the Cowboys. Are they playing? Are they playing you? Yeah. In the season? Next week. Next week? Ooh. I think so. I think so. I don't think we'll play you this year, man. Chill out. I think we play next week. Let's let's get a check on that. If so, <laughs> then the pick of next week is going to be must-watch television. Yeah, it's at, it's, at, it's at Minnesota. At Minnesota. Ooh, what a game. Looking forward to that. Your knife, when, is, when, is, when is the casino going to open? <laughs> <laughs> right after the bus boys and boys. What a businessman. This guy is opening up business all across Bahrain, from coffee shops to uh, casinos, I guess. But um, he's running the show. I just want to absolutely. apologize for jumping on a little bit late. No, Wait. that's it. That's it. We're uh, you know we're in the we're in the the, the plugs section of uh, of this pod as we've wrapped up today's uh, week ten slate of games. So, are there any final plugs here? Yes, I got a plug, boys and girls. The new episode is in the making, and let me tell you. First of all, before I get to the new episode, you should all join my channel, Rodi for Coffee, R A D Y for Coffee. What I do is I talk about all the DMV coffee shops. Let's say one day you're like, man, I want to try a new coffee shop. I've been going to the same spot over and over again, but I don't know where to go. Guess what? Come to my channel. I'll tell you where to go, baby. Oh, yeah. And next week, this coming, I don't know when I'm going to finish editing, but wait, it's coming soon. Nice. This next episode is going to be a banger, baby. Yeah. Was the coffee shop good or was it eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, fine. I... I've seen I've seen some of the videos. They're very very well made. Very very well made. Thanks, bro. So, I yeah, really man. appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like also the way you use the, the the duck. You know the duck noise when you're <laughs> making. For- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want more of that. I want more of the duck noise. That that makes we it got, really we really got fun. More noises, man. We're gonna be, yeah. be doing all kinds of stuff. We're just getting yeah. started, baby. Yeah. We are like the football beat football podcast. We're just getting started. There baby. we go. There we go. I like that. I like that. Naif, I'm sorry. Plato has not done anything. Uh, 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 Take this out. They've complete, completely completely ignored Hasbro? our existence. The, the guys at Hasbro? Yeah. 
Yeah, the guys at Hasbro. Yeah, so you have anything to plug after that? Anything lying around next to you, that CD that's behind you that uh, I don't know uh, what that yeah, is? Uh, Frank Sinatra and yeah. Beatles, man. Uh, <laughs> shout out to them. Uh, nice. You really, man, you just, you have the casino. Look down, Pat, Frank yeah. Sinatra in the background. It's it's a halal casino, though. You got this, got this uh, little radio, this old school radio over yeah. here. Yeah, that looks I like I can almost artwork. guarantee you and I didn't buy any of this shit. I mean, what? I this stuff, sorry. What? Of course I did, man. It's all me. Nice. I guess you've changed. Yeah, yeah. that's some serious design. Changed. Yeah, you know, your your bedroom used to look like a, a, a eighth graders. Yeah, I got married. I have a child now, man. Of course I changed. Yeah, but th- I I only see eighth grader now. Listen, I don't know why we're discussing this on the podcast. <laughs> it has nothing to do with football. You're so. you're right. We added, added in some juicy personal talk here. <laughs> My I love apologies. It. I love this it. Is I love topic. it. This is off topic. Absolutely. No, no. Yeah, tune into the next pod, the Rodi V uh, Naif pod, for, for more coverage on their uh, discussion of how they've changed over the years. But that'll do it for this Week 10 NFL recap. Thank you so much for joining. This has been the Football V Football Podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. We just joined Apple Podcasts, so you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. So listen on there as well, in addition to Spotify and Anchor. And, of course, as always, on YouTube. And you can support this podcast on Ko-fi or really any of those. Spotify has a support. Apple has a support. So support on any of those. Naif ahead, headed to the casino. Erradi celebrating his Vikings. Thank you guys so much for joining. And have a fantastic day, football fans. Have a great day.